Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. J.R. Smith loves Dame. Zion's wallet depends on his weight. And Draymond Green News is dominating the offseason. My name is John, filling in for the one and only Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Hey, John. Feeling good? Feeling great, my brother. Happy belated birthday. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Sammy, how are you living, my friend? Living the dream as always, my man. Happy belated to you. Awesome. Thank you for making me feel old, guys. Well, we're going to start <laughs> off this episode with a little bit of somber news. Late, great, one of the legend's icons, Bill Russell, passed away earlier this week. Passes away at, at age 88. Here are some of his accomplishments. He's an 11-time NBA champion, the most of all time. Two NBA titles as a player slash head coach. First black head coach in NBA history. Then NBA Finals MVP trophy named in his honor beginning in 2009. And he also has two NCAA championships with the University of San Francisco. And he has so much, such a big impact in the game with so many legendary players. Some of our favorite players. I mean, you hear guys like Shaq, Steph Curry. I know Kobe admired him. You have Will Chamberlain, guys like Kareem. It's just his impact reverberated around the league. And so I kind of want to just throw it to, you know, an open forum and, and hear from you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on him as a player? I know he was kind of before our time. But what what if, are there any stories, anything that you've heard, or anything that you think about when you when you hear of somebody like Bill Russell, who is the the most winning player of all time? I think a great story for our generation is when Bill Russell went up to Shaq Diesel. He went to Kareem, Skyhook Master, and the Admiral David Robinson. And he straight up said, I'll kick all y'all asses. <laughs> and all of them just smiled. And you know what that is? That's that's your grandpa that you just smile, you love him to death, and you respect him with the utmost power. So props to Bill Russell. You gotta give it up to him. Even though you didn't watch him, like what you were saying, John, there wouldn't be Biggie and Nas without Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. There wouldn't right. be, you know, actors such as Al Pacino without Charlie Chaplin. So you gotta give props to the pioneers of each craft and Bill Russell's a pioneer. I like that, great analogies. Sammy, right. what are your thoughts? Well, going along those lines, man, when it's, when it's players before our time, especially before we had anything near modern media, I think it speaks to the respect they carry and how much they impacted the game when you we all know Bill Russell's stories. We've all heard them because of the reverence that players have had for him for the last 60 years. I mean, like the story JJ told, the fact that the MVP, the finals MVP trophy is named after him because this guy was the ultimate winner in all respects across all sports. So. And the other big comparison you can make, and I'm not saying this as uh, degrading another player, but the big rivalry of the time was Tim and Will Chamberlain, and Will dominated the stats, but who always beat him in every series? It was always, it was always Bill Russell. So even though we never got the chance to see him play, I think his impact definitely affects the game, as JJ mentioned. And so we might not have seen him directly, but we kind of see the fruits of what he did. 
uh, in today's game on some level. And that's not even mentioning all the other stuff he did off the court. The guy did a lot for civil rights. He did a lot for the black community back by becoming the first black head coach at a time when there weren't a lot of black players in the league. So just rest in peace. I'll just respect and just thank you to all, everything he did for the game. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you guys, man. I, I, I think it just, it, you have this rivalry, right? At least for me, that the Boston Celtics, and being a huge Laker fan, but it's stuff like this that just makes you think it's bigger than that. And it's bigger than the game. And, you know, rest in peace, Bill Russell, but he was a pioneer, right? He was one of the OGs, like JJ said, who really laid the foundation for a lot of these players that we love and we watch and we adore. So, you know, rest in peace, Bill Russell. Thoughts with your family and friends and everybody. And uh, yeah, you lost a great one. So I'm going to move on to the next topic, something a little lighter here. J.R. Smith, guys, was a guest on Gilbert Arenas' podcast recently. JR said he's a huge fan of Lillard, Damian Lillard, but questioned his decision to sign an extension through the 2027 season. Smith was quoted as saying, like, quote, like, I love Dame. I love his game. I respect him for doing what he's doing. But at the same time, it's like, you just going to rot in Portland, bro? I'm going to throw this one to JJ because we all know he loves Dame. <laughs> JJ. <laughs> What do you think of J.R. Smith's comments? And do you agree? I mean, we all know you agree that Dave is going to rot in Portland, right? What do I think? Okay, I will. I would never say anything negative about a person trying to get his cash flow. But there is a part of me that wants to say this to our listeners. We've, hear, we've heard it all the time from these entrepreneurs that there's a certain point where when you get so much money that it's just the same after. And I'm not a millionaire, so I can't relate to that. However, what I'm going to say is when I talk about basketball and I love the game, I want the folklore of the greats. So for example, when we talk about Dame and his legacy, what is he going to be known for in a few years, guys? And when I think about Dame staying at Portland, is he going to win a championship? No, I could confidently say that he's not even going to compete looking at the West right now. And he made a decision and his decision was to be loyal. But does loyalty get you trophies? You play a game that you love, your craft, you practice, you put in sweat, tears, even blood. And after your first contract, you get paid. Charles Barkley said after you get paid, you should try to win, which he tried to do. How many athletes have we seen give up money? And it's all about context, gentlemen. I know, I'm, I, I, know I keep rambling, but it's, uh, it's about context. People are saying, well, when people want their money, you're going to talk smack. But when people are ring chasing, you're going to talk smack. It's about context. No one I've heard or wrote, said anything negative about KG or Shaq leaving their drafted teams. Shaq left Penny and we've all say it could have been, what could have been, right? But are we arguing with the results with Kobe, Phil Jackson and Jerry Buss? 
Dame is a hometown favorite. I'm from the Bay. I know he put in his time at Portland. It's a reciprocal relationship, man. You got to put him around role players that could benefit him, and they haven't been doing that. So I agree with that, and I want to throw this to Sammy because I, I have a thought on it really quickly. JJ, about you said loyal. What you said about loyalty, I'm almost starting to think that Dame is doing this for himself more than he's doing it for the perception of what the, what people think. Because I think for him, he can't live with the fact that he would be he would go to a super team. I think it's about his own ego and his own, you know, wanting to be the guy and not have to ring chase. Sammy, do you do you think that's? What are your thoughts on that? Well, initially, I thought JJ was just trying to pitch KD back to the Warriors and saying that loyalty doesn't matter. Um, Context, well though, right? Well, well done. No, I, I agree. Um, I see both sides of the coin on this. Uh, John, I get what you're saying because Dame has now cultivated this image where he's almost like, I don't want to say godlike, but he's universally renowned in Portland because he swears by the city and won't leave and it's almost like he's created that image and there's a there's definitely the possibility there that he doesn't want to detract from that image at all maybe he thinks that asking for a trade would do that and so in one regard i'm sure there's some selfishness to it i mean he's comfortable in that community he's obviously renowned there it's the in a sense at this point if you take the championships out of the equation every other aspect of his life it's actually the easy decision in a sense to to stay there keep signing these max contracts yep. i think after 2025 he'll have banked a total of about 450 million dollars on the court alone without endorsements wow i believe that's the number at this point because he's re-upped and re-upped and he get he earns the money i mean more power to him but yeah you got to wonder at some point I think, I think the legacy question of JJS is very true because at this point he's been to, I believe, one conference finals, obviously never been to the finals. Doesn't seem like that's in the cards with the way the West looks uh, over the next few years. So when he gets to 35, 36, you wonder if, if he's going to regret that unless something changes. Obviously, we know signing a contract is one thing, but as players have proved to us over and over and over the last three years, they could easily still ask out anyway. Can I add one more thing too, John, if you don't mind? And No, of course, go. Good good uh, analysis, Sammy. I've listened to a few pods about this Dame contract situation and... Which pods? Some people, I'm, so I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna say any pods, kidding. right? Like, you know, <laughs> some of the major uh, sports networks, but one yeah. of the sports analysts said, it's 40 million. You can't say no to that. But my rebuttal is Jordan, Kobe and even Shaq have said on on various media platforms, you take less money because once you win that championship, more opportunities arise. So if getting the 30 million, 40 million, that's only short-term thinking. Look at Steve Kerr. True. I, I bet you right now, if I ask the average NBA fan, they could list at least five out of the 15 97 Bulls. Can you name me the starting point guard for the 92 All-Star game, Eastern Conference? That would be Mark Price. Steve Kerr is more famous than Mark Price. Mark Price was yeah. better, doesn't, but Steve Kerr has rings. And to add on to like 
my love for Portland. I know you guys aren't gonna like this, but sports media, like what we talk about the NBA folklore and the barbershops, people have Russell Westbrook over Dame. Russell Westbrook went to the finals. He's the triple, triple double king. How Who are said you that? Let me Dame? give me a list of names so I can write. Right, so I can write an angrily worded. I, note I thought down. you said that before we started the pod, John. Yeah, you did. Like, you're, uh, you're man. Where's Where's the proof? All right, before Before we move on to the next topic, I did want to throw out one last thing about this, and I just want from you, JJ and Sammy, a yes or no. So Dame is signed through 2027. Come 2027 or prior, will Damian Lillard be a Portland Trailblazer? JJ, I'll start with you. One word answer. Yes. Sammy? No. Hmm. All right. We shall see. 2027, man, that's a long ways away, though. But time flies. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to move on to our next topic, guys. Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, they quickly agreed to a five-year rookie max extension worth at least $193 million. Now, the deal itself was a little surprising just because Zion hasn't played in a while, but the real story here is this. There's a, there's a certain stipulation that Zion is on a strict weight clause, and I think this is unprecedented, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've ever seen this before. And he will have periodic weigh-ins throughout the course of his deal. And if the weight plus body fat percentage is above 295, he could lose money. So, my first question here is, what do you guys think of this stipulation? Do you think it's fair? And if not, why? I do. Yeah, me. I think it's completely fair. And they're paying him $40 million, if not more. Part of that is to make sure he stays in shape. And if you have to... If you have to put that in a clause, you do it. It is concerning that they felt the need to put that in a clause for someone who's mm-hmm. going to get that kind mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the main part that concerns me. But I have no problem with the team protecting themselves on some level, especially beyond the weight. Just the fact that he hasn't been able to stay on the court. And when you're hurt, especially if you're hurt in your lower body, it's harder to stay conditioned. So... I have no problem with this at all. I think it's the right call. And you know what? I hope that this never comes up again because Zion stayed in shape and ended up being what he thought it could be on court because that would make the whole game better across the board. So that's my initial read on this. Yeah, just to add on to what Sammy said, it's just, I don't know, kind of embarrassing that they even had to include it in the first place because as a professional athlete, professional athlete, you would assume that being in shape comes with the territory like as we said on monday's <laughs> right. pod like Tyler murray mm-hmm. yes come with the too. territory to study film you should have to include that in a clause but the fact that the pelicans had that as a concern and needed to include that on a contract and of course i had to sign it because it's from his uh, drafted team and he was going to get paid more so it benefits both parties but it's not a good look for zion at this point right now, it's proof everyone wrong. Like what I always say, right? Get in shape, wreck shop, and win. You know what my first thought? Yeah, I agree with you guys completely. I think it's totally fine. But my first thought is, how is this detail leaked in contracts, right? Yeah. How is this, it's like leaked to the media. <laughs> it's it's super embarrassing, like JJ said. But 
I mean, you're basically calling somebody out for what this is. I mean, right? Zion has a tendency to gain weight and eat unhealthy. Clearly, this is this is what this implies. And then Kyler Murray is not a study, a student of the game. I mean, I don't. Oh I just God. I just can't believe this stuff is leaked. It it definitely should remain private. But so on that note, I'm not to interrupt you, but. No, oh, I remember a while back. Um, I want to give credit to the right person. This was actually Colin Coward said this, and I just remember. I remember this, and always remember when leaks come out. He said something along the lines of, "When a leak comes out, it's because someone wanted it to come out, not by accident." Right. So you look at who has the most to gain or who has the most to lose, depending on the scenario. So to me, someone from the Pelicans leaked this to kind of keep Zion in line for like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I can understand. I know, I, I totally understand that part, but I just don't know. Why isn't there like an NDA or something that would severely punish somebody who tried to leak this, right? Because it's just... I agree. I feel like this is just negative. This this can't be good any way you spin it, at least in my eyes. Yeah. I get you. I wonder if it was just to try to put pressure and... I'm not saying it was a good leak, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and most of those leaks usually aren't good, I, th I would say, right? Some are, but most well, of like them are Well, like the aren't. Kyler one clearly came out from Kyler, you would assume, right? You would, or Actually, that one's hard to say because as a result of it coming out, it got taken out of the contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, I mean, so, maybe he did put it out yeah. there because he knew that the reaction would be negative towards it. I mean, maybe, who yeah, knows? Yeah, so you got to think that he leaked it for that reason or someone from his group did. I mean, any way you spin it, I think we all can agree that we just want Zion to be healthy because when he's on the right. court, he's electric, right? Yes. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree with you guys. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a quick break, and here is a word from our sponsor. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Wow. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, coming back now with our next topic. Recently on the Draymond Green show, Green admitted he lent a helping hand to a friend in need, saying, quote, what about this? What about that? So then the conversation started to like, yo, come to the Warriors. And you were like, F no, I'm not coming. I'm not coming to play with you. But you come to the Warriors, we can win a championship if you come to the Warriors. He didn't come. So at this point, we know who the player is. Uh, in question was here that being one DeMar DeRozan who came out and had that kind of response to come back and playing in Golden State and he ended up having a pretty great year in Chicago but of course they were wiped out in the first round by Milwaukee so I'm gonna let either one of you whoever wants to make the first point on this what were your thoughts on these comments as this is a kind of a hindsight story what do you guys think uh I mean as a Warrior fan, it's like, okay, if you don't want to win championships, that's fine. And then in hindsight, so we won we won one without you. Wiggins came through. So I imagine that we would have had to give up Wiggins due to the cap restrictions. But everything played out. I, I could respect someone saying, 
know I want to build something, but at the same time, I'm thinking if winning is everything to a player, winning do whatever it takes to win. Just my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it all worked out, like JJ said. I, I think it's interesting that Green is talking about this. I mean, it is in the past, so I guess it's not, you know, no harm, no foul at this point. But DeMar DeRozan, I guess, thinking about it, how he would fit and if he were to replace Wiggins, I, I mean, DeRozan's never been the number three guy on any team. He's always been one or two. You know, mm-hmm. obviously in Toronto, you could make an argument that he was number one over Lowry. And then here in uh, Chicago, he's... I think he's number two. I don't think he's number one. But I don't know how we would fit. I mean, they'd probably make it work. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. The Warriors still won championships. Wiggins got his. But it is interesting just to hear. And uh, Draymond Green on his podcast is always coming out with great stuff week after week. So keep it coming, Draymond. <laughs> oh, for sure. Draymond, Draymond's lined himself up a nice career until he's about 50-55 at this point with the media takes. He, he's going to be in our lives for a very long time. Do you so, wait? Do you guys see him joining inside the NBA? Because yep, I can kind of see that. Yes, yeah, and sure. I mean, we know Barkley obviously didn't take the offer, but we know he considered leaving for Live Golf over the last few weeks, but he did turn it down. I'm sure but, Turner. I'm sure Turner Sports offered him something. Probably crazy. Probably. Yeah. So I, in time, I'm sure. I'm sure Draymond's gonna end up there. I mean, he's already doing spots on there now. Obviously, has a great relationship with them. So I, I see that happening. Um, with DeRozan, that was the thing I was wondering, is if they actually got him to come, if the trade is for Wiggins to make it work, it the only thing that makes me wonder is DeRozan is such a different player than Wiggins. I actually think the team with DeRozan, if it's the, those are the two players, is worse than the team with Wiggins in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. then they don't have the wing defender they need. Because DeRozan, analytically and metrics-wise, is notoriously a terrible defender. That's very true. Yeah. But it's also interesting to me that I, I respect him wanting to go build something different and maybe not be, quote, ring chasing. But his playoff reputation is not good. I mean, when they were in Toronto, he tended not to play well. I mean, when they when they advanced, usually he might have played well in the first round, but didn't do a lot after that. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's trying to prove that wrong. If he was, I respect it. But you wonder now, I mean, we'll see what happens with Chicago. I think they have a nice team on paper this year. But you wonder if he's going to end up regretting that in the future, depending on how the rest of his career goes. So, yeah, agreed. Interesting decision. Um, thanks, Draymond, for always spilling the tea for us on your podcast, <laughs> letting us know what's going on. Uh, from here, we're actually going to take a little bit of a different twist. We're going to go to a little game uh, for the three of us to play here. So this is going to be about... <laughs> This is going to be about best players under 25 little games surrounding them. And so the context is that Pat Riley once told Dwayne Wade to, quote, be the first. Or in other words, be the first out of his era. So in Wade's case, including LeBron, Melo, and Bosch, to win a ring. So here's the list of players that we're going to be discussing. Luka, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Ja, Trey, and Zion. So let's start off with our first question. Of that group, who will win the ring first? And uh, John, I'll start it with you. Hmm. Wow. Well, Tatum and Brown are definitely crossed off my list just because they're Celtics. So, <laughs> by <laughs> just on principle alone, I can't even consider those two. So that leaves 
Luca, Ja, Trey, Zion, and Anthony Edwards. I mean, the obvious choice is, and I'm going to go with it, is Luca. Not only because that, you know, he is an emerging superstar and the track that he's on, he's going to break records if he stays healthy. But I think Mark Cuban's, as an owner, his his history and his ability to spend money where he doesn't, you know, he wants to win. He'll do what it takes to win. Some of the decisions obviously can be questionable, like signing Kristaps or trading for Kristaps. But he's shown the ability and the, the past history to spend to win. And I think they're going to make moves in the future, which will allow Luka to have another star next to him that could allow them to win a championship. So I'm going to say Luka on this list. Even though... You know, the, the reasonable choice is probably one of the Celtics, but I'm not going to say it based on principle, like I said. So I'm going with Luka. <laughs> All right, JJ? I, I mean, it's, it's a cop-out answer, but you have to say it's the Celtics because they were there. You guys covered it on the pod last week, and I appreciated everyone's takes, but... Or not, but, but you guys hit the nail on the head, which is... They were so close in winning the championship... Game four, seven minutes left. They were up by seven, and Curry just went nuclear. You have Tatum at 24 and Brown at 25. Just remember that Curry, LeBron, Jordan, all of those dudes won their rings after 28. So they still have time. So I'm going to say Tatum on Brown, contingent of the Celtics don't mess it up and damage the relationship by putting, you know, Jalen Brown on the trade block. My only counter to that, real quick, is that past success isn't indicative of future success, in the, especially in the NBA, at least from what I've seen, because the Phoenix Suns made the finals two games within winning it against That's Milwaukee true. and lost to the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of other examples but that was the most recent one so i'm gonna and that's mostly because of my hatred for the boston Celtics. but that's like the thunder i think it's a valid point yeah the thunder too against thunder against the against the heat Hmm. i would have uh referenced the lakers in the bubble and everything since then but at least they won the championship so hey hey okay that's fair i'll allow i'll allow it for the sake of argument i'll allow it I was leaning toward the Celtics, but since JJ named them, I'm going to throw John Moran out of there for this one. And the reason for that Ooh. is, in addition to the fact that he became a bona fide star, they're building that team really nicely, and they've got a big move left. They've got the contracts to get another star. Like Honestly, they've got the assets to get Durant, for example, and I don't think they should necessarily, but the fact that they have the ability to get a player of that caliber says that they've got a move left to pair up Jaw with another big-name player. And if he continues his ascent, I mean, outside Anthony Edwards, he's the youngest player on this list. He's not even close to as good as he's going to be. So he's got the ability, like some other guys on this list, to be a future MVP. But I think he might have, the, along with the Celtics, the best organization of this group building around him for the future with the assets they've got. So I'll go with John on this one. Yo, I'm not, and I'm going to, yo, where's the disrespect on this list, by the way? Where is Austin? Hillbilly Kobe Reeves on this list. Best players under 25. Hell no. All right, I'm kidding. <laughs> right <Honestly>. there. <laughs> yeah. Hell no. I agree with that. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Our next question. Same list. Who wins the MVP first? 
This Dude, is I'll a, start with you here. Dude, so I'm I think the easiest answer would you, everyone would say Luca, but Tatum blew up. He was actually in MVP discussions at the later part of the season last year, right? Mm-hmm. But John Morant, he looks good too. Oh man, I'm gonna say I'll say John Morant for okay. entertainment purposes. All right. John? I'm going to go on an interesting take here. Zion? No. <laughs> Trey Young. <laughs> Definitely not. No, no, I'm, not, I'm rolling with Trey Young. I'm rolling Ooh. with Trey Young for MVP. Right. And I think a lot of people are discrediting, myself included, the DeJounte Murray fit. But him, John Collins, Trey, I think that team is going to make some noise in the East, which isn't, is a little top heavy. I mean, Philadelphia is kind of a question mark with James Harden and, you know, Joel Embiid's health is obviously imperative. And, and um, so Milwaukee's going to be there. But if Atlanta can get a top three seed and Trey Young is just putting up crazy numbers, I think he has a great chance to win MVP. Sneak in there. Okay. Uh, sometimes to me, the most obvious answer is the right one. So Luca's got the hype right now. Everyone's already talking a lot about him because he seems to have finally gotten himself in shape in the offseason. It looks like he's not enjoying a pack of Marlboro Reds every day <laughs> right now. He seems to have been taking the offseason seriously. The one catch that you just mentioned is that I do not think Dallas will be a top three seed, so it'll be one of those scenarios similar to Westbrook in OKC a few years back. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to finish as a top five, top six seed, but we did just see this happen with Jokic last year, so clearly the voters are more open to it. I just think he's got the hype. Looks like he's taking himself seriously. If he can get that team to about 46 wins or more, which I think he can, I think he'll get the award this year. So I'm... I'm Understanding the logic of both of what both of you said, especially Tatum last year. I'm curious with Tatum to see how he reacts to that finals. Oh, does he come back confidence. with drive? Yeah, Man. does he come back with drive to be better? And if he does, he might shoot to the top of this list very quickly. But because his confidence is an issue, does he come back a lot more timid? Very curious to see how he starts the year. All right, moving on to our next question. So to use a little bit of a NBA 2K video game reference, what 2K package should any of these players add to make the next leap in their game? So why don't, why don't we go with all of us will pick one player? So yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm going to throw a player out to each of you. So John, let's, uh, let's start with you. And I'm going to go with, let's go with Jason Tatum on this because I know you love the Celtics. Mm. <laughs> Everything. He's terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. The next leap in their game... I'm going to say consistency. Okay. Jason Tatum has shown in the playoffs, I think these recent playoffs, and even prior to this year, is he hasn't been consistent. And that's that's been killer for them. You need... That is, is kind of what a superstar does, right? And you're going to have bad games here and there. Every, every great player does it. But it's few and far in between where they have those bad games or bad efficiency. And Jason Tatum seems like he still has those every so often. More more than you would think from a player of his caliber. So I'm going to go with consistency. Okay. All right. Uh, JJ, let's go with... Let's go with the guy we haven't talked about much yet on this list. Anthony Edwards. 
Anthony Edwards, I would hope he works on his defense, okay. on ball defense. He has the athletic ability, and he has obviously the the energy because he's so young. So the Timberwolves said they could put their defense into the elite level with Gobert and Cat. Um, they would be, I would think, good, right? But they've let us down multiple times. So I want Anthony Edwards to improve his defense. And sorry, I got to do this because <laughs> I watched the finals seven times over, over and over again. If I'm Jason Tatum, work around finishing around the rim, brother. Mm. I like that take too. So I'll go with another guy we only talked about a little bit so far. Jalen Brown, speaking of the Celtics, I want to. I'd like to see the aggressiveness go up just a little bit. I think there's Ooh. a tendency to defer a little bit to Tatum every now and again. And the reason I bring it up is because I actually thought that he upped the aggressiveness in the finals when Tatum was struggling, and it seemed to bring out a good side of his game. Only yeah. issue with him there is that he was struggling in, in the Bay, which a lot of players do. But I like the fact that that didn't stop him from continuing to attack and shoot that's a sign of a confident player, which is actually Tatum's struggle. And the comparison I can think, as long as they're playing together, Tatum is probably regarded as the better player between the two, and obviously they're nowhere near the two players I'm about to name. But I felt like with Pippen and Jordan, Pippen knew how to fill in MJ's gaps and complement him perfectly. And I think they're a lot better at doing that than they were a few years ago, but for, for Jalen, I think the aggressiveness is the big one because that's clearly the, uh, let's call it the flaw in Tatum's game right now, is that timidness that we just talked about. So I mm-hmm. would love to see that from Jalen as he continues his ascent. I thought he was great in the finals in spots, and that would just help him consistently. Our last question here. Ooh. This one's a bit of a negative question, but one that's always fun <laughs> to debate. Which player on this list will have the most playoff failures? And let's define playoff failures as something along the lines of a team that's defined as one that could have championship aspirations or is favored in a series and essentially drops the ball. John, I'll start with you on this one. I'm going to go with a two-way tie between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No, okay. Okay, enough with the Celtic jokes. I got to get it all out of my system. Wow, playoff failures. Dropping the ball as a favorite or expected to win a series... Playoff failures. Wow. Oh, was man. the Chris Paul of this group? Yeah. Oh. Under twenty. Under. I was thinking this. If this was best player. If this was players over. What is he? Thirty six or something? <laughs> I am going to say Trey Young. And yeah. I'll say that. And I, I know that's kind of counterintuitive of what I said earlier about him winning MVP, wow. but. MVP is a regular season award, so they're different. I just think that in the playoffs, your lack of size, and it's nothing against Trey Young. I mean, he just physically doesn't have the size to be an all-around great player. I don't think he ever will. It's just that's just how it goes in the NBA. You have to have size to play defense. Speed is one thing, but size to play defense because you're just going to get bullied in the post. You're going to get pushed around. It's hard to play good defense. You're going to get tired a lot easier. So I'm going to say Trey Young because of his all-around game. I mean, he is he's a great player. Offensively, he can dish the ball with the best of them. And obviously, he can shoot. But 
and score. He's a bucket, walking bucket. But I just, you know, his deficiencies are going to high, be highlighted a lot more in the playoffs when the game slows down. So I'm going to say Trey Young. Okay, I that was actually my initial thought as well, JJ. Okay, I'm not a hundred percent on this, but if I'm looking at this list and I'm going off franchise history, it have to be Anthony Edwards. The Timberwolves have yet to prove to us that they could win, and I'm waiting and I keep waiting, and now they put all their eggs in the basket with Rudy Gobert, who. It's not even top 10 worthy on my list. He might be top 15. Is he top 10 for you guys? Not even close. Not Anthony me. Edwards? Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. No, 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 no. He's not even top 20, I don't Fringe, think. Fringe, yeah, 25, no maybe. Maybe. Maybe, right? So, yeah. you know, when we think about what they gave up for him and what I've seen in the playoffs at Utah and how he couldn't even play at the end and Cats lack of motivation. I mean, Anthony Edwards, it may not even be his uh, his fault. Just like Dame, you're surrounded by terrible role players and a terrible franchise. Yeah. There's just a low blow at the T-Wolves, but I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you, that was actually my, end, my second choice of an answer as well for the exact same reason. So, sorry, Wolves fans. I hope you do have a good year, but... I don't know, man. After trading five first-round picks for Rudy, just you're kind of locked into that squad for a long time. So, yeah, hopefully they're as good as the team hopes to be on paper. My other choice for this initial is actually also Trey Young. Just to add on to what John said, shoot Me first point guards do not win championships historically. They just don't. Uh, so I don't see that changing. There's just too many flaws in in his game and in that team as well for for my taste. So to change it up then, uh, my answer is also going to sound a little counterintuitive based on that MVP question. I'm going to go with Luca on this one. And so I'm going there for a similar reason to why JJ said the Wolves. I love Mark Cuban as an owner, but they have not been able to bring in a second player for him for years. Years, yeah. Years. They, they have not been able to build around him that great. They've got some decent role players, I'll give them that, but... You look at that team on paper this year, and I don't see it. I, I don't see a team getting past the first round, and I'm not sure if I see them bringing in that player based on their past track record. Yeah, now after they might. he got rid of uh, Donnie Nelson, mm -hmm. their GM, Mark yeah. Cuban has wanted to take more of a GM role, mm -hmm. and ironically, he's been wanting to spend less. It's, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Yeah. On paper. Mm. Yeah. So you wonder if they can identify what kind of player it is that they need, first of all, because clearly, you know, I'm not going to fault them for Porzingis. When they traded for him, he looked a lot better than he ended up being, right? <laughs> like, he looked like a unicorn when he was a Nick. And exactly. I mean, <laughs> it just did not go well. But I'm curious to see what the next move is. And Luca's such a unique player that you wonder if part of the trouble is going to be finding the right fit. So, that being said, he's not my personal first choice on this list. I still think it's Trey, but uh, since you guys named them both, ironically, I'm going with the player that Trey was traded for. And, and I'll leave it at that. So, so that's actually all we have for today. 
Uh, I want to shout out RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review us. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on on Twitter, Clinic All NBA. And as as always, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. JJ, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you, gentlemen. Had a lot of fun tonight. John, thanks for being on, and thanks for guest hosting the first half of the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you, and uh, Ro. I hope you did. You, I hope you did. You proud, my man. Yeah. Shout out to Ro. We'll see you next week with another NFL special edition and another NBA episode. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week.